Today's message is God restores, you recover. God restores, you recover. Let me ask one more time, and it's important because we want to be in agreement. We want to make sure we're in agreement, we're in alignment. How many truly believe that Jesus has the power to restore, enabling you to recover everything that was lost, broken, stolen, wounded? If you're ready to get everything back better than it was before, raise one hand. If you're ready to get it back and take care of it for the sake of giving God all the glory, but you're ready to do greater things than you've ever done before with what you're about to get back, raise both hands. And if you're committed that this time, whatever had access to it in the past, will never have access to it ever again. I'm going to say that one more time. If this time... You're going you're, you're gonna, to, oh boy, if this time you're, it's going to be protected in such a way that the same entities and people and ideas and actions and interactions that touched it before will never be able to touch it again. Raise both hands and a foot. So there is a story. And this is the reason why I'm dressed the way I'm dressed. It's my Paul Bunyan anointing. Somebody said it's my, what does somebody say this morning? I look like some Alaska, what? Alaska truck driver? <laughs> even know what that means. I don't even know what the Alaska truck driver thing means. Ah, Discovery Channel, one of those shows, ice-breaking shows. Got it. That's what it means. But, and, but George, can you stand up here for a second? I just want him to look at you. Because I walked in looking like this. Usually, and you, this is the best armor bearer on the planet right here. Best assistant. This guy's awesome. This guy's awesome. But he, like, he usually, like, he compliments. Today, I look like this. He looks like this. So, but, and he looks London. I get that. And he's beautiful. He's one of my favorite people. I love him. One of the greatest servants you could ever have in the kingdom is right here. But I said, because he provoked it, and I said, you look like Inspector Gadget. <laughs> in a good way, because it's always in a good way, but you look great. There's a story. There's a story in scripture about restoration that, that just drives all of us. It's full of truth and revelation. Principles that will catapult us to this restoration recovery season. It's a story about a prophet named Elisha. Let me give you a little bit about his background. Elisha is Elijah's spiritual son. Elisha is this guy in the Old Testament. Second Kings primarily is his book. But he appears in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19, pushing a plow. And this Elijah character was a spiritual son of, of one of the most famous prophets, Elijah. Elijah was a wild man. He would pray, fire would come down. This guy would pray and he would say, God, stop the rain. And it was a drought. Like it would have rained at all. And then he would go, make it rain. And it would rain. That's pretty powerful. That's like super anointing on steroids. He had his issues too because he was, he was human. So, so there was a lady named Jezebel that would mess, you know, just talk trash about him and, and DM him on Instagram and say, I'm coming after you. And he kind of freaked out for a season and went into hiding. He went through a depression. He did. And because and spiritual people can fight depression. And, and I need you to hear that because we got in the church, we used to think that depression was like, oh, well, if you're depressed, that's the devil. You, there's some holy people that fight depression, man. You follow what I'm saying? So don't, don't be judgmental. Don't be legalistic. And, 
And there are things that are spiritually exacerbated, uh, but we need to deal with things in a very mature way. Some of them require God using the wonderful people he's anointed with great acumen called doctors. That God gives them wisdom and using other things. We pray over things. We combine all the different realities that are under the canopy of God's creativity and innovation, right? You all get what I'm telling you? So back to the story. So inevitably he overcame that and, and then he passed his mantle to his spiritual son Elijah. And this Elijah guy is a rock star. Wherever he goes, double the miracles of his spiritual father. And by the way, that's, a, that's an important note to make right here. You want your children and your children's children, physical and spiritual, to do greater things in yourself. You need to understand that the battle is not just for you. You're battling for your children and your children's children to do greater things. If you think the enemy attacks you because of you, you're totally mistaken. The devil says, I'm going to attack you, not just for you. Because the devil says, I don't want your children and your children's children to do greater things. But let me flip the script. In this house, we're under the blood of Jesus. In this house, we're under the covering of the blood of the Lamb. What does that mean? You don't need to worry about that. Because your children and your children's children will do greater things in Jesus' name. How many believe that right here? And if you're telling me, but but my kids are not even saved right now. They're not even in church. You need to start believing with me right here, right now. You need to stop saying, my kid's a drug addict. My kid's an alcoholic. My kid's not serving Jesus. My kid don't go to church. My kid is full of the devil. You got to stop cursing your kids. Why don't you stop turning around? Instead of saying, my kid is full of the devil, why don't you prophesy and say, my kid's about to be full of the Holy Ghost. My kid's about to lay hands on the sick. My kid's about to be my kids about to be delivered my kids about to be healed are you with me my kids about to grade a great he's gonna have a great job and pay off my mortgage prophesy I'm just saying I'm your boss that makes it difficult uh, my other kids are going <laughs> So this Elisha guy has a company of prophets. What does that mean? He has a team of people that all they do around is they they flow in the spirit and they prophesy. Company of prophets. It's called a school of prophets. So Elisha meets with them in this place. And he's meeting with them in this place. And one of the prophets comes up. And let me show you the story here. 2 Kings chapter 6. We'll make it legal now. One day the group of prophets came to Elisha and told him, Hey, as you can see, the place where we meet with you is too small. Now, let me put this in perspective. When the prophets who see the future say it's too small, it's probably small. Because the prophetic usually flows over there. They're already in the next. Even though they occupy the now, they see the next. So when you see the next, even though you're in the now, When you say, even my now is too small, then you know it's small. Now, I want you to hear this. Hell does not want you to grow. What if I tell you that it is the perfect will of God for you to grow? What if I show you and make it legal that God wants you to grow and he wants you to be big? What does that mean, big? That's quantifiable, right? That's subjected to a great degree. God wants you to grow. Matter of fact, if you're a born-again child of God, what does that mean? If you've been washed by the blood of Jesus, 
If you declare that Jesus Christ is Lord of all, that he died on the cross, that he resurrected on the third day, if you declare that you were a sinner, but now the blood of Jesus covers you and makes you a saint, if you believe that, then you're born again. That means you're going to heaven. And if you're a born again Christian, God didn't make you for small things. I'm going to save it and I'm going to biblically substantiate. I'm going to make it legal. What do you mean, Pastor Sam? God didn't make you for small things. He made you to grow. Let me prove it. Isaiah chapter 4 verse 2. Enlarge your tent. Stretch your cords. Come on. Put the pegs out there. I'm about to grow and do something big in your life. Haggai chapter 1 verse 9. The latter glory will be bigger, will be greater than the former glory. How about John 14, 12 that we alluded to on Wednesday? Jesus said, you are going to do bigger things, greater things in my name for the Father to be glorified in the Son. John chapter 1 verse 16. It's grace upon grace. Paul comes around in 2nd Corinthians and says God's going to take you from glory to glory to glory to glory. I'm here to tell you that God didn't save, deliver, and heal you for you to be involved in a small-minded way of thinking. God saved and delivered you for you to do big things for His name's sake. Are you with me right now? Oh, you're going to get this in a second. Some people get stuck in the small. Some people live in the small. There is no such thing as a small-minded believer. God is telling you I'm sending something big your way. Do not settle for small. God is calling you to greater things. Primarily in your spiritual walk. Do not be satisfied with a small amount of faith. Do not be satisfied with a trickle of experiential reality. Do not be satisfied with a miracle on YouTube or somebody being healed. That If you have to Google a healing, then man, you're missing it. You should have people around your life. You should have people that you no. Pastor Sam, what does that mean? That, what does that mean? I don't need a healing. Yeah, but there's healing inside of you. And there are people around you that are broken. You shouldn't need to Google healing or breakthrough. There should be breakthrough in your family, breakthrough in your friendships, breakthrough in your community. Don't settle for small. We, do we serve a small God? Let me ask you, do we serve a small God? This is not the God we serve. This is not the God we serve. This is not the God we serve. Jeremiah says our God is a big God. He is a mighty warrior, a big, big God. If you serve a big God, that big God has full expectations for you to do big things. This message is for someone in this auditorium, someone watching online right now. Listen, you've been, th oh boy, your thinking's about to shift. Things are about to, and by the way, from this moment on, you're going to stop hanging around small-minded people. You're, no, you don't even know what that means. For your family, for your faith walk, by the way. For your holiness and your integrity and your pursuit of righteousness. And likewise, horizontally, for your family and your home and your marriage and your ministry and your relationship and your calling and your career. God wants you to see big things. Why? Because every time you grow, darkness flees. Let me explain. If two things are there, if there's darkness there and you grow and you are light, what happens to darkness? Darkness diminishes. So it behooves us to grow. You want to be blessed. You want to grow what does that mean you need to pray big you know you need to pray big so I, if you pray right now for somebody in your family who's lost you're praying Lord save my son save my daughter save my uncle Tommy guess what that's not my prayer I learned some time ago to pray big what does that mean when I pray for you I don't pray for your son I don't I don't pray for your son to get saved 
What are you talking about, Pastor Sam? Uh-uh. I'm praying for your son, your daughter, your cousin, your uncle, your auntie, your second cousin, your third cousin, your fourth cousin, five cousins removed. Matter of fact, I'm asking for your entire family all the way down the line to be saved. You, 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 you want to pray big? Some people said, pray for your neighborhood to be saved. The Holy Spirit convicted me and said, don't just pray for your neighborhood. Pray bigger. So I said, Lord, I'm praying for my region. God said, pray bigger. I said, God, I'm praying for Sacramento. Holy Spirit told me, pray bigger. So I said, God, show up. Let California experience the glory of Jesus. Let California, let California experience an awakening. Holy Spirit said, pray bigger. I said, pray bigger. Okay, God, let America, let America be shaken by the glory of the risen Christ. Let revival and awakening hit our nation, hit America. Then the Holy Spirit said, pray bigger. Let Europe, let Asia, let Africa, let Latin America, let China, let Australia, let New Zealand. It's time to pray big. Look at your neighbor and tell them, pray big. No, 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 tell them, praise big. Worship big. Dream big. Love big. Give big. Think big. Prophesy big. I need you to go beyond the small. That prophet came to the prophet Elisha. He approached his boss and said, this is too small for us. You want to be surrounded by people that will tell you this is too small for you. Complacency, complacency and comfortability are the enemies of destiny and purpose. You got to go beyond the small. Got to go beyond a limited myopic way of thinking and activating and believing in your faith walk, both vertically and horizontally. I need you to think big. God wants you to think big. He wants you to go from glory to glory. Pastor Sam, but I'm a Christian. I should be satisfied. No. Christians are the most unsatisfied people on the planet. Pastor Sam, but I'm satisfied with my salvation. I'm not talking about vertical. Your salvation is your salvation. You can't get bigger than being saved by the blood of the Lamb, by the grace of Jesus. But I'm horizontally speaking, Christians are unsatisfied. What do you mean, Pastor Sam? I experience God's presence. If you're a satisfied Christian, you're, you're satisfied with a Sunday service. You're satisfied with what happens here. You're satisfied with me maybe coming to an ultra call once every three and a half months. You're satisfied with a little bit of that. And if you're, you know, whatever it may be, you, you may, but no, but unsatisfied Christians are the ones that leave the service and come tomorrow morning, you're on your way to work and you're in your car and you're saying, I'm not waiting for Sunday to get my praise on. I'm not waiting for Sunday to get my worship on. Right here, I'm driving to my work, but I'm gonna put my my my, my I'm gonna put my apple play. I'm gonna lift up my one hand. I'm gonna put the other hand. I'm gonna lift, and I'm up. I don't care who looks at me on 99, who looks at me on the five. I'm gonna worship the name of Jesus. Matter of fact, God, I believe in a big God. So I'm gonna ask you. I'm about to land in my work, but before I get there, can you fill me right now with your glory? Can you fill me right now with the anointing are you with me think big think big something big is coming your way something big from heaven is coming your way but you have to make room for it it's time to believe God for big things they said it's time to move it's too small it's too small so let me just create this little outline for you when to move on move when the wineskin cannot accommodate the wine 
move when what was good for the old you is no longer good for the new you. Can, are you getting this? And, and Pastor Sam, is there anything I should be careful of in moving? Yeah. Do not move into your next until you first outgrow your now. Let me make it in a different way. Let me phrase it. Do not move until your discipline matches your destiny. Nope, you missed that one. You don't ask God to give you the bigger and to move into the next. When you, if your now is jacked up, do not tell God, I want, I'm ready for my next when your now is still jacked up. You got to get your now right in order to step into your next. Let me explain what that, what that means. You need to be disciplined now before you step into your next. I know some of you people say, Lord, if you give me that, I will pray better. If you give me that, I will live different. If, but Lord, if you take me there, I will change. God says, I'm not going to take you there until you change. It, when you change, I'll take you there. When you change, I'll release that. When you change, I will unleash that. When you change, I will give you what you're asking you for. Because if I give you what you're asking you for and you're not ready to receive it, it will actually do more harm than good. I need you to be ready. You need to show me that you're ready. Pray like you're already there. Worship like you're already there. Believe like you're already there. Live like you're already there. Treat the other person like you're already there. Show me that you got what it takes to be already there. If you're getting this, raise your hand. You gotta, your discipline must match up with your destiny. Do not move until your calling lines up with your character. Do not move until your private life can handle your public aspiration. We need the private, God needs the private you to be like the public you. Are you okay with this? Because many times the private you is different from the public you. There's the church you and then there's the party in you. There's the Sunday night you, but then there's the Friday night clubbing, getting drunk, hooking up, doing whatever you want to do. And then you come to church on Sunday and lift up your hands like God doesn't give a holy hoot. Or like somehow the Holy Spirit didn't step into the club when you went clubbing doing your thing. I'm not preaching a harsh message. I'm just telling you. I want to warn you. Not even warn you. The Holy Ghost does not say, oh, that's a club. I'm not going to go in there. You need to stop that. If you made any commitment to God, he has this obligatory contractual agreement never to leave you nor forsake you. So you kind of messed up already. Because the moment you signed the contract, you said, I need you to go wherever I go. So if you go through heaven, he's there. If you're going through you, he's there. So if you go into the club, God says, I don't want to be there, but. And then God goes like, oh man, what you're doing there with that guy right there on that couch, that does not line up with my word and will. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to love you and to tell you, stop that. It will destroy your soul. It will hold back your destiny. It will hold back your purpose. You need to get out of here and experience the fullness of my path. Am I preaching to anybody here right about now? You got to line up. You can't ask God for the next if your now is messed up. 
Pastor Sam, you're never going to reach. You're never going to reach other. You know, you, oh, that's old school, yeah? I did a conference with 5,000 plus millennials. You ask 5,000 plus millennials, you know what they wanted to know? They wanted to know. They asked 5,000. You asked 5,000 plus millennials, what is it that you really want from church? What is it that you want? You know what they said? We're tired of the hype and we're tired of fluffy preaching. You know what they said? We, we, want, we want to hear how to do things right. We want to know what's right and what's wrong. We need to know because we're confused. Everybody says something which is true. Tell us what the Bible says the truth is. What does God say the truth is? And by the way, don't just tell us what it is. Tell us how to live it. So I'm here to tell you. I'm not here just to tell you to live holy from this pulpit. You're not just going to hear live holy. You're going to learn how to live holy, how to overcome, how to live right, how to walk out the word of God and the will of God. Are you with me right now? So stop entertaining demons. school about salvation and deliverance and healing and grace and mercy and forgiveness and holiness and integrity there's nothing old school about it so, are there any questions your character is your ceiling oh. so are there any questions things Show God you can hand. Show God you can. Show God you're ready for that. Don't ask Him for something you're not ready for. Are you getting this? It must. It must line up. And again, it's not through your own. If legalism says it's you, it's your power and your ability, it's your actions. Get it right. No, that's not what we preach here. It is the grace and truth of Jesus. So we know you can't get it right because you tried before and you failed. But this time, you're not going to depend on your strength. You're going to depend on his strength inside of you. Are you with me right now? All right, we got to leave. We got to leave. It's, it's not just move on from the small to the big. Here it is. It's not just what you're building. It's where you're building. Let's go down to the Jordan River. There are plenty of logs. They can build a new place for us to meet. All right, he told them, go ahead. So he goes, let's go build. So they walked out. Let's go build. They had an axe. Let's go build. Let's go chop down some trees. Where are you going to build? Let's go to Stockton. Let's go to Granite Bay. Let's go to Lodi. Nope. They went to a specific place. Where did they build? Where did they build? It's not a coincidence they build next to the Jordan. Why do they build next to the Jordan? It's a river. Of course, at that time, it, it was the facilitative stream for all the resources. It would provide. Cities were built along rivers. Back in the day, that's where you would build cities. Go around, even across America, back 250 years ago, with the cities around the rivers. It was around the rivers. You build around the rivers. Absolutely. You have water. You have resources. You have transportation. You have commerce. You have trade. It's all about the rivers. But beyond that horizontal truth, vertically, there's another truth. The Jordan was not just your normal cup of tea. The Jordan was the place that Joshua stepped over. 
in order to step into the promised land. The Jordan represented breakthrough. It was the promise. It was the Jordan of victory. The Jordan was a special place. They even built an altar in the middle of the Jordan. And it's still there to this day. They actually put rocks together, put it in the middle of the Jordan. When God opened up the Jordan for the people of God to cross over. It's there to this day, Joshua chapter 4. So the Jordan is a special place. What am I telling you? Don't just build. You need to know where to build. Your building is easy if you build it every single moment. By the way, don't build in the middle of your pain. Don't build when you're bleeding. If you build when you're bleeding, you're going to spread that blood on everything you build. Am I preaching to anybody here? Be careful in building when you're wounded. When you're wounded, you need to be healed. When you're, when, when, you're, when, you're, when you're cut, you need to be healed. But don't build when you're angry because then you build out of anger. When you build out of unforgiveness, when you build out of unbelief, when you're going through something, don't build in it. Listen to me. I'm going to say this one more time. We all go through things. We go through them. We don't stay there. We don't build there. Don't build in the middle of the hell you're going through. It's something you're going through. You're going through a divorce. You're going through a breakup. You're going through this. Don't build in it you can learn from it and take some stuff and build over there but don't don't buy a house in the middle of the house you're going through the hell you're going through don't even lease an apartment what am i telling you whatever you're going through it will pass away you're only going through it you're not staying stuck in it and if you stood if you are stuck in it today in the name of jesus with every spiritual authority god gives me i am commanding you to get up and start moving to your destiny get out of that rut get out of that stuck place God didn't make you to buy a house in the middle of the hell you went through you don't need a deed you don't want to pay a mortgage in the midst of your pain get up and start walking to your destiny in the name of Jesus and if you're going through something let me declare prophetically by faith that if you hold on to God's word right here God will take you out of it you're coming out of what you've been through and you're about to step into the most glorious season of your life. I'm going to say that one more time. You went through the pain because you didn't build in it even though it tried to build on you. You're going to shake off that stuff and you're going to come out of it. And I'm telling you, you are coming out of it. You're going to come out of it and you're going to build. And what you build over there is going to be so great. I'm here to tell you, get ready. to get. I, need, I, I saw a church full of this just lifting up their axes because you're about to build what you've never built before. There are things you built before that the enemy brought down. There are things you built before that you brought down. There are things you built before that your haters brought down. I have news for you. What you're going to build next, there's not a devil in hell or a demon on earth. There's not a hater on this planet that will be able to bring down what you're about to edify. Let me, let me even declare what you're about to build next. You're going to build it in the presence of your enemies. You're going to build it in the presence of those that said you would never get up or get out of it. You're about... You're about to build something so awesome that even your enemies will declare, look what the Lord has done. If you believe that, shout like you know you're about to build something. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. What you're about to build, not only will you build in the presence of your enemies, what you're about to build will serve as a foundation for your children to build greater things upon. I'm going to say that one more time. What if I tell you your children and your children's children will build upon what you're building now? 
Listen to me. I sense God as I'm telling you this. Man, listen. You got this in your hands. I want you to hear me. This is you, baby. This is you. Man of God, woman of God. You're about to build some things. You're about, you're about to build great. God's about to use your life and your testimony to build something that will last beyond you. I wish you, I feel God as I tell you that. I'm talking about spiritually, yes. But I'm also talking about in your relationships. I'm talking about in your family. Your family will not be built on dysfunctionality. Your family is about to be built on the rock that is the glory of Jesus. Are you with me? No, you're not hearing me. Your family is not going to be built on addiction or brokenness. Your family is going to be built on the glory and the grace and the gift and the power of Jesus. Come on, if this is for you, lift up your hands. If you're ready to see it in you and your family, lift up both hands. If you have your axe, lift up your axe. Lift it up. Lift up your axe. This is, I know it looks crazy, but... Do not. <laughs> Get ready to build. I must... Get ready to build in the presence of your enemies. Get ready to build something so great that your children will build upon it. First Peter 2.5, lift up your axe. We are living stones being built into a spiritual house. Matthew 7.24.25 says that this house will never come down because it is built on the strongest foundation. Yeah. Ephesians 2.20 says that Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone of what he's building in your life. Isn't that crazy? The Bible says in Ephesians 1, 7 that we're built of the greatest of materials, the riches of His grace. We are built to house His Holy Spirit, 1 Corinthians 3, 16. We are built according to the model of the second Adam, not the first Adam. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. We are built to shine. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. Lift up your axe. Let me show you what he did. Are you ready to build, Elijah? Yeah, let's do it. So he did this. Let's build. Let's do this. Where are we going to build? Number one, you have to move from the small to something bigger. Number two, it's not just what you build, it's where you build. Location, location, location. And number three, I just want to read it. Read the verse, make it legal. So he said, come. When they arrived at the Jordan, they began cutting down trees. One of them was cutting a tree. His axe had fallen to the river. Oh, sir, he cried, which is equivalent to snap. Oh, sir, that's Old Testament for, oh, snap. It was borrowed. Let me show you what he, somebody, somebody. Thank you, sir. So he's, he's cutting down. One more time, I'm not making this up. He's building his future. They are building something bigger. They're building the future. And when they were building the future, something broke. Have you ever been there? I've been there. Have you ever been in a place where you were attempting to build your future and something broke? If you've been there, confess it and raise one hand and say, yeah, I've been there. If you've been there on more than one occasion, you may want to lift both hands. And if you've been there so many times that there's like a thousand axe heads in a river somewhere. He's building his future. And it broke. He's moving into bigger things. And what happens? It broke. So he's going, oh snap. 
The prophet says, what's the problem? And the guy looks like this. Not making this up. The guy's like this. No accent. Just, just. Sometimes you're left with just this. Don't disregard what's in your head. It may be broken, but it's still in your hands. Ah, oh, man, I'm preaching to like 11 people now. It may be broken, but you still got something. No, you missed it. If you would read the rest of the story, they actually use a stick to pick up the... You missed it. It may be broken, but it's still in your hands. I don't care what's happening in your life. Don't disregard, because God has the power to bring things together like no one else can bring together. God has the power to pick it up and turn it around and place it back on solid ground. But stop! We gotta stop right now. Time. But there's only three points because as preachers, we're not allowed to give more than three points. It's part of the manual. Point one is only three points. Here it is. Point number three. This is what he said. Read it. Do, do, no. Does anybody know why was he worried? Why did he say, oh, snap? What? It was what? Do not borrow to build your future. No, you missed it. His axe was borrowed. He was freaking out, which is a theological term for freaking out. He was discombobulated and anxious because it was borrowed. It wasn't his. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't need to borrow to build what God is going to build in your life. No, you miss it. You need to get your own praise, your own prayer life, your own integrity, your own worship, your own holiness, your own faith. You can't borrow your mama's integrity to build your future. You've got to get your own. You can't borrow your pastor's character to build your dream. You've got to get your own. Look at your neighbor. Tell him, get your own. Get your own. Let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain anything. If Sister Yvonne Michelle, who is beautiful and amazing, if she would come up to me right now and say, Pastor Sam, I'm going to build something great for me and my family. And I, you're my pastor. I love you so much. Pastor Sam, can I borrow your anointing? I'm going to look at her and say, I love you so much. You're one of my favorite sheep on the planet. If I could, I would. But I need to tell you I can't. I'm going to tell you why. You don't know the hell I went through for the anointing that God places on me to carry. You don't know the demons I had to fight off at 3 o'clock in the morning. You don't know the devils I had to rebuke at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. You don't know the storms I had to overcome. Are you with me? You don't know what I had to let go of or what I had to grab a hold of in order to walk under the anointing that I walk under. So you can't borrow my oil. Get your own. Get your own anointing. Get your own breakthrough. Get your own faith. Get your own journey. Somebody shout Get your own. Stand with me. You can't borrow someone else's experience. Look up here. Look up here. Don't 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 move. You can't borrow someone else's relationship with Jesus. You cannot live or build vicariously. You got to get your own. Yeah. 
when you build over there, you're going to build with the satisfaction is the appropriate word of knowing that your personal relationship with Jesus, not your mama, not your daddies, not your husband, not your wives, but that your walk with Christ, the anointing that came with a price, you overcame by the blood of the Lamb and not the word of somebody else's testimony. Revelation 12, 11. If you're getting this race one hand, God is telling you to move to something bigger. In your way of thinking, in your actions, in your prayer life, in your pursuit of righteousness, in your vertical relationship with Him, God wants more of you. He wants you to go beyond the myopic, small, minimized, constricted, restricted, impeded, hindered, obstructed way of behaving, acting, or thinking. God is saying, I have, this is what God is saying. Look, look at me, look at me. I have more for you, but are you willing to move out of your now? Even your now religion, your religious rituals and activities, I want more than a religious exercise. God says, I, I hunger for a relationship with you where you and I can communicate on a constant basis. God says, I have something so big for you, but are you willing to move? If you're hearing that, raise one hand. Are you willing to move? And are you willing to move beyond the pain? How about this, Brother Sean? Are you willing to move beyond the things that you can't explain? Can I be honest with you as I am? Because I live with that covenant. There are things this year that happened in my family's life that Pastor Sam cannot explain. I'm keeping it real. And I know God. I do. More importantly, God knows me. I know God. But there are things this year that I got like, what just happened? And God spoke to me and said, Sam, because he calls me Sam. If God would call me Mike, it would be awkward. You follow what I'm saying? Let me make it legal. The Bible says he calls you by name. And he knew your name before your mama knew your name. Jeremiah is an amazing book. Read it. So God spoke to me and said, are you willing to move? I go, what do you mean? God said, I got this over here. You know, God challenged me in the past couple of weeks and told me, you're thinking too small. I go, are you kidding me? I'm thinking small? And he goes, yeah, you're thinking small. I go, are you? He goes, yeah. He goes, I got bigger things here. I go, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, but you got to move. Can you move beyond what happened this year? Can you, beyond, can you move beyond the stuff you can't explain? To some of you in the audience, can you move beyond the failure and the pain? Can you, be, can you move beyond that moment where you messed up, where you did not act according to the will of God or the way of God or the word of God? Can you, be, can you move beyond that shame? Accept the forgiveness of Jesus Stop doing the stuff you were doing before. Obviously. Oh, duh. You know why? Because it destroys your soul. Seriously. It destroys your soul. It'll jack up your destiny. You're never going to live out God's purpose for your life if you walk down that road. That's just the Bible. That's just the Word of God. Old Testament, New Testament. But can you move beyond it and don't live in guilt and shame because the blood of Jesus washed you? 
with a commitment that you will live right going forward, driven by the Holy Spirit, not by you. Can you move beyond? Can you beyond that silly conversation you had? Can you move beyond? Can you move beyond? And for crying out loud, can you move beyond the Dodgers not making it? I mean, really, can you just move beyond that? Yes, where's Armando? Move it, buddy. There's always next year. Move beyond. Lift up your hands. I'm going to pray for you. Let you go. Just hear me right now. Hear me. We use humor, the joy of the Lord, but I want you to hear me. I do hear the Holy Spirit saying, tell them to move. Tell them to move because they have something bigger, but are they willing to move? Too willing to move. Can you look up here with your hands raised? Can you move beyond what other people have expected or created for you? Can you move beyond the expectations of others that do not line up with God's expectations for you? Can you move beyond trying to please man instead of pleasing God? Can you move beyond that? Can you move beyond the betrayal and the treason and the broken heart? Can you move beyond that? Because God says, I have greater things for you, but you've got to move. And when you move and you build in my name with what I give you, don't borrow. I've given you your own. Use it. You have access directly to my name. It's yours. My name is yours. My spirit is yours. He says, my love, my joy, my peace, my patience, my my goodness, my gentleness, my temperance, my mercy and faith are you. Are for you. By the way, when you move and you build, every single morning you're going to get a knock. When you build next to the Jordan, every morning, every morning you're going to get a knock. Your neighbors are going to harass you. You're going to open up the door. You're going to find goodness and mercy waiting for you every single day of your life. Good morning! You're going to walk out going, what is this? And goodness and mercy are going to go, we're here for you. We promise that every single day you would wake up and the mercies and the blessings are God every single morning. They are new for you every single morning. If you got this word, raise it one more time. Father, you spoke to all of us. And I mean all of us. You're telling all of us, move, I have something bigger. Move, move beyond the now, move beyond the pain, move beyond the past. Move beyond you. Move beyond the devils, demons, legions, principalities, and powers of darkness. But more importantly, move beyond the man in the mirror. Move beyond the woman in the selfie. Move beyond. God is saying move because I love you. And what I have for you is so big. So Lord, today as a church, we're going to lift up our axes. Lift up your axes. Lift up the axes. We say, God, here we are. We'll move. Here's Lord. Lord, this is too small. My now, repeat after me, my now is too small. I want more of you. More of your presence. More of your glory. Grace upon grace. More of your power. More of your truth. More of your righteousness. More of your justice. So I'm moving. I'm moving beyond. I'm moving past. The past the shame, the hurt, the failures, the hell. I'm moving beyond the old me. And I'm stepping into everything you have for me. And I'm committed to building something greater in your name for your glory. 
in Jesus' name. 